Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. That busyness makes us stupid. It's easy to observe because it clutters your mind. And when your mind is cluttered, you don't think as well. You're not as conscious. You're not as aware. You're not as clear-minded. You don't take as good care of yourself. You're just in this doing, doing, doing mode. And it's not healthy. It's easy to see. Hi, it's Joseph. And thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Over the next three episodes, we're going to get back to the basics of busyness and recuperation. We're going to examine why we as individuals and as a society put such high value on being busy, both consciously and unconsciously. Because when we tell ourselves we're busy, what if we're just trying to make ourselves feel better about whatever it is we're doing? The busy mind is creating an illusion of productivity when, in reality, most of us operate inefficiently in ways that are difficult to look at. And we don't have to consider how to become more efficient then if we tell ourselves how busy we are in a congratulatory way. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Want to talk about busyness today? Is anybody busy? Yeah, okay, then we should probably talk about busyness. If none of you are busy, then talking about something else. Let's talk about busyness. How is it different from overwhelm? It's not really. Oh, okay. Depends how we define... I love the question. Depends on how you define the term. I'd say um, overwhelm could be acute or chronic, right? It's, it's not uh, differentiated that way. So I'd say busyness is, I mean, busyness because busyness could be acute or chronic. You could have a very busy day or something could happen that could make you really busy. Or you could be busy for like 10 years, as okay. many people are. A busyness, I, I think of, you know, overwhelm, if you ask a thousand people if overwhelm is bad, most of them would say, you know, definitely a simple majority, probably 80, 90% would say, yeah, overwhelm is bad. That's not, that's not happy. That's not joy. Overwhelm, that's not good. But if you ask a thousand people if being busy is bad, you'll get different answers, right? Because people say things like, oh, yeah, I got to keep busy. I got to stay busy. It keeps me out of trouble. I like to stay busy or else I get bored, right? (laughs) It's a socially acceptable way to show that you're productive. I love that you said that. I thought you were going to say it's the socially acceptable way to justify your overwhelm. <laughs> but it's both of those things. And it depends. Yeah, prob- probably is. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's one's internal and one ex- external. Oh, brilliant, Bob. Nice. Wow. I got I get 
wow, I, I just want to take a moment to take that in. Yeah. So overwhelm, we, we, have a, we, we don't like that it. it's bad. But busyness is, look how productive I'm being. And you know, if you scratch the surface of most professionals in the world, if they're not busy and they get real quiet, they'll start to feel guilty. Like, well, they sh- should and could be doing something. Right? Aided and abetted by technology, for sure. Because with technology, you can always be doing something. You know? If you've got your phone with you and an internet connection, you could be doing something. And this is uh, quite a challenge and an opportunity for us because human beings have never been busier as a whole in the history of hominid consciousness, like 200 million years worth. We're the busiest we've ever been. And that's really stunning. Think about it that way. Because the pace of life, I wouldn't say is so fast because that's would would take away the choice mechanism we have, but it certainly can be. You can go that fast. And like Bob just said, it's socially acceptable to be a productive member of society all the time. Like, oh, how you doing? Well, I'm keeping busy. (laughs) Right? I'm keeping busy. How you doing? Oh yeah, I got a lot going on. So much going on. I can barely keep up. It's a common question when contractors get together, are you busy? Right. Are you busy? And and I guess that that's usually, uh, I take it to mean, do you have enough work? Exactly. But it might be something else. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's a mix, right? You hear that a lot. Are, are, do you have enough work? Are you keeping busy? Yeah. Do you have enough to do? And there's there's a whole value system inside that question, right? Idle hands are the devil's playground or workshop or whatever it is, right? Gotta, if you're, because that's where that phrase, if, if you're, uh, uh, I gotta stay out of trouble, right? Keep, I keep busy, stay out of the trouble because if you don't have something to keep yourself occupied, then, you know, you're, you're susceptible to mischief. Well, I have a big Byron Katie, Byron Katie question for that. Is that true? If you don't have enough to do, will you start committing crimes? What what is it that happens? Why are we so afraid of not being busy? What the hell is that? You know, I, I'm I'm intrigued by the concept that we're busier now than humans have ever been. It's a little counterintuitive to me. Well, because like we're not in survival mode, having to hunt and gather and all. yeah, yeah. Like if I was hungry and my family didn't have enough food, I'd get my ass up earlier and go to work and get going <laughs> after it earlier. It would seem it would seem like there would be more pressing needs for 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 labor when you were not meeting your you know hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Tom so, Brown Jr. Um, has an expression for survival living called being time rich. And what mm. I took that to mean is that uh, that there was time, plenty of time to do things, and there was plenty of leisure time. If I recall correctly, that's the impression I got from how he described it. So, which would be maybe again suggesting uh, of just uh, agreeing, in a sense, with what Joseph said. The hunter-gatherer state was not so busy. There were obviously busy times, but on the whole, not. 
Exactly what I was going to say. Certainly there could be a drought or, you know, all the animals took off. There could be acute busyness. But generally it's like, you know, at night when you're sitting around the fire, you're not checking your email on your phone while you're sitting around the fire, right? And do you like, do you guys remember the last time you sat and listened to like a whole album without doing anything else? You're just sitting and listening to that music. And what are you doing? You're listening to that music. You're not cleaning the house. You're not checking your email. You're not working out. You're just sitting and listening to that. We did that not long ago, right? 10, 20 years ago. But now to just sit and listen to an entire album, well, you could be, you're wasting your time. You could be doing so much other stuff, you know? Because it's like when 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 it was a record, you know, like a piece of vinyl, you had to put the needle on there. You know, first of all, there's no remote control. If you need to change the volume, you're going to have to be nearby the box, right? And then, you know, after 30 minutes or so, you're going to have to turn that album over. So you've got to be nearby. And there's no earphones, so you know, wireless earphones. My God, that's totally new. You know, so you could like walk around and clean the house while you're doing it. You didn't have a phone, you know, not even cordless phones 20, 25 years ago, right? Not even the 2.4 gigahertz cordless phones existed. And so, you know, the phone might ring and then you'd have to get up and go answer it, but you couldn't make calls. You just, you would sit and you would do one thing, but we never do one thing anymore. You know, if you want to do one thing, you got to put, you got to take action. You got to put your phone on do not disturb. You got to put your computer on do not disturb. You got to close your door. You got to let people know maybe where you're going to be and what you're doing for a while. But we live in a, in a world where multitasking comes and tries to find you. <clears throat> right? All of the apps on your phone, their default mode is notifications on, baby. They're going to come find you. Right. And then because of that, because of technology, there's an expectation that people should be able to reach you immediately. Right. We're all old enough to remember when there wasn't even voicemail or before there were answering machines, you'd call someone up, they weren't home. They'll never know that you called. Right. You're going to have to try again another time. They're not home. Remember when you would call someone up and say, hi, is John there? You don't even have to do that anymore. John answered his phone. (laughs) And remember, like, hi, is John there? Yeah, one second, which would never be one second. It would be like a minute. And then John would get on the phone. These are long periods of time. What were you doing while you waited for John to get on the phone? Were you checking your email? No, because you didn't have a cell phone. You were just standing there waiting for John to pick up. That's it. And these are little periods of time waiting in the grocery grocery line, waiting for someone to pick up the phone, uh, waiting on hold, where we actually used to only wait, only do nothing. But now we could be doing 10 different things. You could be checking the weather or seeing what's going on with the Kavanaugh hearing or responding to an email, responding to those six texts you got in the last 20 minutes. You could be doing anything. You could be, you know... Googling the lifespan of a platypus because it just crossed your mind, right? You could be trying to figure out what that caterpillar that you brought in off one of the off the fennel plant uh, yesterday is, right? Like that's a great example. I brought in a fennel plant yesterday, and this 
big fat caterpillar with these sort of eye drawings all over it. Never seen one before. And it's in my kitchen now. I'm keeping it as a pet to see if I can get it to turn into a butterfly. And because, uh, you know, brought him in. And now, like, on my mind is, oh, yeah, I need to figure out what kind of caterpillar that is. Right? 30 years ago, I'd have to go to the library to do that. Right? But now, if I just carve out a couple minutes of time, I can do that. And now that's on my mental to-do list. 20 years ago, it wouldn't be there because I'd be like, well, do I want to go to the library and figure out what kind of caterpillar this is? Nah. I guess I'll just live in the unknown. No, now it's like, well, what kind of, what's it going to turn into? So you know what? I don't think I'm going to look it up. I'm because I don't want to. I don't want to know what it's going to turn into. I figured out what it likes to eat. I mean, it came on a fennel stalk, so it likes those. So I'm just going to live in the unknown. Right? We don't. We don't live in that kind of spaciousness anymore. So this is a kind of busyness that I'm asserting, and the busyness is such a strong wave that I really think it may be the thing that destroys us as a species. I'm not exaggerating. Because that busyness makes us stupid. It's easy to observe. Because it clutters your mind. And when your mind is cluttered, you don't think as well. You're not as conscious. You're not as aware. You're not as clear-minded. You don't take as good care of yourself. You're just in this doing, doing, doing mode. And it's not healthy. It's easy to see. And uh, in particular, it makes us um, suckers for instant gratification, right? Because instead of taking a breath or just relaxing, the mind goes, well, you could be accomplishing something right now because that will make you a better member of society. Be productive, be busy, right? Being busy is good, get something done. So instead of just enjoying the sunshine while I'm lying in a hammock, I'll try to not even process email, read my email. Study up on that caterpillar. Do something. Right? And that's all this yangic kind of expression of, of mind, which is certainly a great quality that we human beings have, but it's only half of the picture. You know, uh, one of my martial arts teachers once was talking about the power of relaxation said, if you walk up a mountain and you contract your muscles and never let them go, you're not going to get very far. Right. The way a muscle works, right? When you flex a biceps, the biceps is contracting, the triceps, the opposite muscle, is lengthening and relaxing. You can't do both at once. Right. Well, you can flex both at once, but you can't really. I mean, actually, you can. You can flex both. And it looks like this, right? I'm resisting. That's isometric, one muscle going against another in a way. Right. But it's much more efficient to let go of one muscle and contract the other. So there's every muscle contraction. I mean, when you're functionally moving something, it's a lengthening of one muscle and a contractioning of another, contracting of another. But we don't think of the relaxing as being a doing. We think of the contracting as being a doing, right? So when, when you take a step, for example, when you, know, when you take a, like a, a small lunge up an incline up a mountain, you're flexing certain muscles and relaxing certain muscles. And then when you switch to the other leg and take the step with the other foot, the muscles in that other leg had better relax for a moment. And if they don't, you cramp because they never get a break. It's all ones and no zeros, you see? 
And this is one of the things you learn in uh, certainly in athletics. If you, that's what a economy of motion and, and fluid movement is. And uh, also, interestingly, in musicianship, right? I know in, in guitar, they call them micro rests. When, you know, when you're playing scales, one of the things you do is when you start to play faster and faster, you look for where you start to get tired. And then you start to look for, oh, well, when this finger, when this finger is down, when my second finger is down and my first finger is up, that's a micro rest moment. It can relax there. Because every time it relaxes, all the waste products from you know what the muscles are doing get to flow back into the system and oxygen gets to come in. But if you're gripping all the time, you know, I mean, if you just hold a really tight fist for a while, you're gonna find your fingers become less dexterous, right? They there needs to be an on and an off. So the problem with busyness, which is what we're talking about here is chronic overwhelm, is that you're always on and you're never off. And this goes against nature, right? Like uh, an anaconda can eat something the size of a goat and then just sit there for like six days while it digests, right? Or lions, you know, they kill a zebra or something and they just sit around for a couple of days. It was a huge effort, a big one, and then that's equaled by a big zero. You can see this everywhere in nature. Work hard, play hard, we say. But the play often is not so recuperative, right? So well, another way of talking about this is if you look at our lives today, there's not a lot of structured recuperation time where we do things that actually regain energy. And uh, television, screen time, movies, it's a really good example. Ask yourself, is that time that you spend looking at a screen when you're done with that, do you actually feel like you have more energy than you started with? Is it actually recuperation time? Sometimes it might be, but I think a lot of times it's not. Watching, does watch, watching a half hour or an hour of TV give you the same recuperation feel as taking a stroll in the woods? Does it result in the same thing? So if you start to look through the lens of recuperation where you actually get your energy back things start to look differently thanks for listening to manage to engage the clear and open podcast join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be until then know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do if you want to help the show grow I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.